Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 245 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And this episode is sponsored by Erica. Thank you. Thanks, Erica. Thank Erica. Did you hear that? Thank you, Erica. I didn't. But oh, so I'm I just, glad. Did I say thank Erica? No, I did. I'm just, oh. you know, I had to call my awkwardness to light. <laughs> so we call my awkwardness to light. <laughs> this is setting the tone for the episode, and I'm kind of here for it. So today we are going to be discussing part two of chapter 17 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, a sluggish memory. So make sure that you have read that chapter and you're ready to slime your way through the details. Oh. You get it? Because slugs are slimy. I get oh, it. Tiffany. Oh, Tiffany. Oh, so good. I'm so clever. So before we begin, we have an update for Weekly Profit on some Swish news. Yes. Swish news. So after careful, yeah. careful consideration, Swish and Flick podcast and a court of Swish and Flick will no longer be attending the event Books, Gowns and Crowns um, due to the handling of the transphobia, homophobia and blatant disregard for constructive criticism of the book, The Pawn and the Puppet by author Brandy Elise Zecker. We will still be coming to the Pacific Northwest to do meetups during that time, and we will release more information when we have more details. Uh, we're so sorry if anyone purchased tickets with the intention of seeing us there, but we just cannot in good faith attend this event any further. Uh, but we cannot wait to see you all at the meetups, which we're very, very excited about. And we'll have more details about what cities we're going to um, hit up out there. But obviously, we will still be going to Portland. So anybody who was hoping to see us in Portland, we will still be coming there. Um, Probably also that same weekend. But again, like... Just wait for details. We'll be posting it all over. We'll be saying it on the pod, all that good stuff. Um, and probably throwing in a couple other cities because we're just going to make this a fun little trip. It's going to be good. Yup. You are all going to have a great time. Yeah, I'm excited. We should bring around Flat Tiffany. We should bring Can Flat you Tiffany. Please, I know. Yes. I, just remind me because I have every intention, but you know that I forget things as soon as I say them. So if you just remind me, I'll print your little picture out and carry you around. Yeah. But, and laminate it so I don't get like, like don't spill stuff on I mean, it's very rainy in Portland, so I'd have to laminate you. Yeah. Protect Is it rainy in Portland in September? Isn't it rainy all the time? I really don't know. I, That's I, just I my assumption no, of I it. Just, I don't know. I just think of... Um, I, I mean, think this... of rain and coffee when I think of Portland. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was also thinking, uh, this isn't Portland, but like in twilight they always talk oh, about how, <laughs> uh, they always talk about how rainy and cloudy it is so good old forks good old forks, forks. maybe we should go to forks should we do a meetup in forks yes <laughs> i would prefer to go to spoons but that's just i want sporks <laughs> oh man anyway again we're like we're we are incredibly sorry if you purchased tickets for that event, um, but they did not handle things correctly or well. So we just cannot go, but we'll see you out that way and give you details as soon as we have them. Um, make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then 
they might too. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, Swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support. If you'd like to send your Potter story to us, we are and always will be accepting them. Any fun things, questions, or concerns, you can send those to our email, please, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. Katie, I stepped in something. Oh, yeah? It's the recap. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Because you're bringing your awkwardness to light. <laughs> That's why. You make me it. a braver, bolder person. Hey, you know, I oh. try. I try. <laughs> All right. Recap time. Um, Harry and Ron headed back to Hogwarts after Christmas break. And Hermione and Ron are still fighting. Go Hermione. I think we all agreed on that stance there that she is in no way entitled to. Hold on. Not entitled. No way expected to forgive Ron, especially when he has not reached out to her at all to make amends. Um, Harry finally got to sit down with Hermione and tell her all about what he overheard with Malfoy and Snape. She's still not convinced. She still doesn't want to believe it. Um, but there is an exciting notice posted in the common room about apparition lessons. Woohoo! Don't get splinched. And Harry finally gets another note from Dumbledore about another lesson with him. Yay! All right, are we ready for the summary? Yes. Okay. It's a lot of Harry and Dumbledore. Okay. So Harry and Dumbledore discuss Malfoy and Snape. Dumbledore tells him it's not of great importance, which is a little dismissive in my not so humble opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Dumbledore also moves on and wants to talk about Tommy's life at Hogwarts. (laughs) And we learn of the early Death Eaters and Dumbledore's, quote, trust of Riddle. We learn of Riddle's obsession with his parentage, and we see a memory of him meeting his long-lost relative, Morphin. There's a lot happening in this part. However, I do want to talk about something that all, all three of us forgot about today. And I did have to go and ask Mia about because I was unsure if we had discussed the moment where Aberforth gets the Sirius's mirror, which enables him to save everybody in seven. Yeah, I do that. Like, we didn't remember that we talked about it, but I got confirmation that we did. That we did talk. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay, good. Yes. I was like. I was going to lose faith in us. <laughs> okay. I, I was like, say, I wouldn't have missed that. I did say I forget things instantly. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, my brain is absolute mush right now. Like, and yeah. I, it's just, it's like, it's the end of the school year. I'm Tiffany O'Malley. That's me. That's already a thing that I have is a mush brain. Um, I'm pregnant. I've got a wild, almost four year old. You know, so I have no chance of remembering things. <laughs> I have no <laughs> chance. But I'm listening to Half Blood again from the beginning. So I'm on chapter 12, 
and I'm literally in the shower and I, and I hear this part and I'll read it to you and then I'll tell you what I did. The street was not very busy. Nobody was lingering to chat, just hurrying towards their destinations. The exceptions were two men a little ahead of them standing just outside the three broomsticks. One was very tall and thin, squinting through his rain-washed glasses. Harry recognized the barman who worked at the other Hogsmeade pub, the Hogshead. As Harry, Ron, and Hermione drew closer, the barman drew his cloak more tightly around his neck and walked away, leaving the shorter man to fumble with something in his arms. They were barely feet from him when Harry realized who the man was. It was Mundungus. And so I'm in the shower, and I hear this, and I go, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this has to be the moment where Aberforth gets the other mirror that is basically twinning with Harry's that Harry keeps seeing that electric blue eye in, and he thinks it's Albus Dumbledore's eye. But no, he's dead. It's Aberforth's eye, and that's how he knows where to send Dobby to save them from Malfoy Manor's cellar. What if it was actually Credence's eye? Can you not? <laughs> He's probably dead at this point. <laughs> Let's be real. That guy is not going to survive that series. Um, but, like, I could not remember for the life of me us discussing this, and then I texted them. And he's like, I don't think so. And Megan's like, oh, my God, did we not? But I was like, we had to have. I'm happy to hear we did. But I go us. Let's pat. Let's pat ourselves on the back. We made the connection. We just forgot. (laughs) This is why I listen and read the series all over again. Okay, love that. Oh, and forewarning, everybody knows that Dumbledore is my guy. I love him, but he disappoints me in this chapter. Let's start talking about it. So here we go. Let's see what Dumbledore has to say about Malfoy and his shenanigans. Do you think we're going to get the truth? No. No. The whole truth because... and nothing but the truth? So help you, yes. Merlin. This is a reread, and we <laughs> so already know what happened. So help you, Merlin. So help me, Merlin. <laughs> What in the name of Merlin's pants? <laughs> so, of course, we don't get the truth because we're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. We're not here for the whole truth and nothing but the truth to so help me, Merlin. So, <laughs> Harry, t- we're using that from now on. That's a thing now. <laughs> Put it on the bingo cards. <laughs> so, Harry tells him what he needs to talk about is Malfoy and Snape. And Dumbly quickly interjects, and he's like, Professor Snape. And Harry's like, yes, sir. Like, okay, I'm going to call him Professor. And that in itself felt very Tommy Boy to me, because when we see in memories, Tom Riddle is like, you know, over the top, let me call you. Like, Professor, sir. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Let me kiss your Um, butt. So... Harry's like, whatever, I'll give you that much. And Dumbledore listens to the whole story that Harry has to tell. And he's got an impassive face, which means that he's pretty much just showing no emotion while he's listening to this. And after Harry was finished, Dumbledore waits a few moments before he speaks. So he's thinking about something. Are you weighing telling the truth? Like, what? what's right. the pause? Because I feel like he's very quick 
in his responses to things. So he must be struggling maybe with deciding whether or not to tell Harry any more than he was going to before. Right. Any or not at all or how much. Right. Because as much as... Don't get why he doesn't. Well, I honestly, like at the end of the day, I think a lot of it has to do with protecting Malfoy. Um, because I feel like if Harry had confirmation that Malfoy was a Death Eater, Harry would lose his ever-loving wizard mind. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just don't know how that would play out. And that's a conversation maybe for another day. But I don't know. Anyway, so he says, thank you for telling me this, Harry, but I suggest that you put it out of your mind. I do not think it is of great importance. Okay, here we go. So we all know that he knows what the skinny is on the Death Eater situation. However, something else could have been said. And it could have been something like, thank you, Harry. I am already well informed on the matter. Please keep this information to yourself and trust that I have it under control, which is kind of a lie. Um, But at least it doesn't belittle (laughs) Harry and make him feel like kind of like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't really know what's going on. You're a child. You have nothing to do with this because clearly Harry is a child, but he's not dealing with childlike situations and Mm -hmm. he never has and he never will. And, So Harry is flabbergasted by this remark and he asks him, like, do you do you understand what I'm saying to you? And he this he says, yes, Harry, blessed as I am with extraordinary brain power. I understood everything you told me, said Dumbledore a little sharply. I think you might even consider the possibility that I understood more than you did. Again, I am glad that you have confided in me. But let me reassure you that you have not told me anything that caused me disquiet. That was snarky. Yeah. (laughs) It was a little snarky. Um, I get that your hand is sick and I get that you're um, you're very tired and you're not much longer for this life. But if you need Harry Potter to do the things that he needs to do, you might not want to like belittle him. Like maybe he wasn't ready for this information yet encourage him in a different way and put him at ease because you know he does know what's happening and he's holding on to this information is he trying to spare draco i i think so probably um like do you think that could be part of the reason because honestly like if he's if he talks about these things if he confirms that draco is a death eater then that confirms that Snape knows that he's also a Death Eater, probably based off of this conversation, which I, I don't think would be good for anybody at this moment in time. But I yeah. don't know what the right answer is. <laughs> Katie, do you what? Tell me something. Vinny just said he thinks that um, Dumbledore also didn't want to meddle with the Unbreakable Vow and wanted to make sure that Snape had the opportunity to kill him and was also protecting Draco at the same time. I, I think, think that's, that's a valid. great point. Yeah. Yes. I think that great as point. well, like at the end of the day, Dumbledore wants Harry to focus on what Dumbledore wants Harry to focus on. And this is right. not something Dumbledore wants him to focus on. 
Like, yes, he's trying to redirect his focus to these memories. Yeah. Right. Um, but he didn't do it in the best way. Agreed. I know? just think that he could have told him like, hey, something true. I know what's going on because, yes, that's true. Um, does he know everything? Not particularly. Otherwise, the end of this book wouldn't have been the end of this book. Right. Um, but I just think that there was a way to go about it that didn't belittle him. For and sure. And make him angry. Right. And, 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 and just feel like he, what he said really didn't matter. I'm glad that Dumbledore said that it's good that you confided in me because I feel like throughout the series, like Harry, um, even in chapter 12 that I was just reading when Katie Bell gets cursed, like he tells Professor McGonagall about his suspicions about Malfoy. Granted, Malfoy wasn't even in uh, Hogsmeade that day because he was serving detention with her, but like she kind of went off on him a little bit. And it's like, when kids come to you with these things, we need to be taking them seriously. You don't want to put them down because we always say, you know, if you see something, say something, right. If something is wrong, if something doesn't feel right, you need to tell an adult. Um, So like, if we want to bring this to like real world things, if a child comes to you with something, you need to take them seriously and you need to do your research and figure out what is going on. Definitely don't belittle a child or a young adult or anyone really for confiding in you and telling you when something is wrong or doesn't feel right. So I think yeah. that's a lesson we all can learn from this. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise they might not come to you another time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then something really terrible could happen. Well, especially, I mean, this is a pattern with Dumbledore and Harry, too. I mean, he totally messed up in fifth year. So, and yeah, dude's been a teacher for how long? He should, he should know to phrase things better to, uh, I would think so. He kids, knows how to communicate. Yeah. Maybe it's his sick hand. That's all I'm asking. It's his sick the hand. It's, a, it's the sick hand. It's his sick hand. But yeah, I totally agree with everything that you said. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> So, I disagree with everything. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Tiffany, you're wrong. You're wrong. But rightfully so, Harry is seething with anger and silence at this point, and he's glaring at Dumbledore. And questions are flying through his brain. So he's thinking, what was going on? Did this mean that Dumbledore had indeed ordered Snape to find out what Malfoy was doing? In which case, uh, he had already heard everything that Harry had told him from Snape. Or was he really worried by what he had heard, but pretending not to be? And so... Harry asks then if he still trusts Snape, but Dumbledore cuts him off and he said, I've been tolerant enough to answer that question already, said Dumbledore, but he didn't sound very tolerant anymore. My answer has not changed. And of course, Phineas Nigellus is pretending to sleep in his frame and he's like, yeah, don't question him. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, Slytherin. (laughs) Anyway, so Harry feels mutinous at this point. Well, what? I mean, after the Battle of Hogwarts, they're up there, and Phineas Nigellus is like, Slytherin played a part! (laughs) (laughs) It just makes me laugh. But I love that he's, like, pretending to sleep, but everybody knows that no portrait in that office is asleep at this point. No. Anytime Harry Potter is up there and the Pensieve comes out, nobody's taking a nap. The Pensieve. The Pensieve. 
And then we get this good little light shining from this conversation because thus far it's been pretty garbagey. Dumbledore seems to recognize what he's actually done in this instance. And this makes me wonder if it's like a flashback to him being a teenager with Grindelwald. Um, So he says something that he should have provided before he made Harry so angry. And he says, quote, ah, Harry, how often this happens, even between the best of friends. Each of us believes that what he has to say is much more important than any other that and then anything the other might have to contribute. And then Harry says, I don't think what you've got to say is unimportant, sir, said Harry stiffly. And he says, well, you are quite right, because it's not, said Dumbledore briskly. I have two more memories to show you this evening, both obtained with enormous difficulty. And the second of them, I think, is the most important I have collected. So, like, <clears throat> I like that he adds that in, but I do, like, it really did make me think of maybe his relationship with Grindelwald. Like, yeah. each of them, like, thinking that, like, having those conversations and the way that they're going to go about bringing the greater good and blah, blah, blah. But, anywho, just thoughts to think. But, here's what or, I'm saying. Or maybe what? a conversation with his brother. Could be. Could be. I just think it yeah. was a flashback to something because he's gone through this before. Yeah. Or Snape. Yeah. You know? So I think that if if Harry is essential, the only one that's going to be able to vanquish the Dark Lord, then let's treat him as such and treat him like a teammate. Let's yeah. not belittle each other anymore. And I love you, Dumbledore. But you tend to make Joe Jumpus mistakes sometimes. I've never seen that word typed out, and I really enjoy how it looks. I, it's fun. I, um, I don't. That's that is straight from Tots on uh, Disney Junior. That term, Joe Jumpus. Uh, I can't take it away from them, so I give them credit. I spelled it J I J U M P U S. Feel free to use it in your everyday life. Joe Jumpus. I literally thought that word the other day. (laughs) Alana says it all the time. She doesn't say it so much anymore, but like, oh my God, I love when she says it. She's so freaking cute. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Harry doesn't say anything to this because he still feels a little angry at Dumbledore's reaction to the things he told him. However, Dumbledore is quite happy to move on and says in a, quote, ringing voice, which means like very loud and clear, like basically we're moving on. And this is what we're talking about now. Um, he says, I'm going to be doing a lot of just reading what Dumbledore says, because unfortunately, it's I guess not unfortunately, but it's just all important. So this unfortunately, is, this is how the episode's going to be. Uh, So Dumbledore says, so we meet this evening to continue the tale of Tom Riddle, whom we left last lesson poised on the threshold of his years at Hogwarts. You will remember how excited he was to hear that he was a wizard, that he refused my company on a trip to Diagon Alley, and that I in turn warned him against continued thievery when he arrived at school. Um, So again, just like refresher that the last memory that we went through was Dumbledore at the orphanage with Tom telling with Mrs. him Cole. you're a wizard Tom what'd you say Kate with Mrs. Cole yeah with Mrs. Cole 
Um, so it's kind of just like interesting to me how Dumbledore is telling this story. It like literally almost is like, I'm telling you this grandiose story of Tom Riddle and we're going to like break apart his life story, which like it kind of is, but it's almost like Dumbledore is like really enjoying sharing this with somebody. Mm. Um, that's kind of like what I get from it. Could be. It's just kind of my little opinion. So I don't think he probably has never shared it with anybody else. Yeah. So yeah. Agreed. So Dumbledore continues and says, well, the start of the school year arrived and with it came Tom Riddle, a quiet boy in his secondhand robes who lined up with the other first years to be sorted. He was placed in Slytherin house almost the moment that the sorting hat touched his head, continued Dumbledore, waving his blackened hand toward the shelf over his head where the sorting hat sat, ancient and unmoving. <clears throat> Sick hand. Sick, Sick hand. hand. Sick hand. <laughs> How soon Riddle learned that the famous founder of the house could talk to snakes. I do not know, perhaps that very evening. The knowledge can only have excited him and increased his sense of self-importance. However, if he was frightening or impressing fellow Slytherins with displays of parcel tongue in their common room, no hint of it reached the staff. He showed no sign of outward arrogance or aggression at all. As an unusually talented and very good-looking orphan, he naturally drew attention and sympathy from the staff almost from the moment of his arrival. He seemed polite, quiet, and thirsty for knowledge. Nearly all were most favorably impressed by him. So I feel like um, it's important to, like, it's important for Dumbledore to explain this because it in turn gives reason for how like ashamed these people are that they don't want to talk about it because they were tricked by him through his whole time at Hogwarts, you know, like mm-hmm. they believed him to be X, Y, or Z when he ended up becoming what he is now. Mm-hmm. And I think that they just don't, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that they were basically duped by him. And that's why Dumbledore struggled so hard to get memories of Tom at Hogwarts, which he talks think- about. A little bit later. Do you think anybody else like altered their memory? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying like I wonder, well Or like permanently cast them out and put them in little memory vials because they didn't want maybe. to like have that constant the guilt yeah. or something. They like they might think like I taught him to do X, Y, or Z. You know <laughs> Oh, it's been a minute since we first <laughs> the podcast. Hello. Um, but it just makes me think of, you know, when you like lay awake at night and then like you have like a memory come back from when you were like super duper awkward in that one moment. And then it like haunts your, you the rest of your night. Almost you, every like, day of my fall. life. Okay. So Katie knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so like, what if you could like put those in vials and like get rid of them? Like, oh, you're trying to go to sleep. Here's a weird memory. Not today. You're going in a vial. That would be <laughs> Amazing. My I would need to have many bookshelves full of vials. <laughs> it's like it's just like silly things where like somebody is like, Hey, how are you today? And you're like, Oh, the weather's great. Thanks. So right. like, you know, it's just like weird stuff like that. Anyway. <sighs> That's all I had. Thank you. You're welcome. I, just I know that needed to be recorded. Okay. Okay, I found it. Um, so Harry asked if Dumbledore had told the other staff what he'd been like when he met him in the orphanage and I think that this is probably one of Dumbledore's first mistakes when it comes to Tom Riddle in my opinion because he in fact did not 
he said that he thought that he had shown Voldemort, not Voldemort, sorry, Tom Riddle thought he, (laughs) oh my God, I said it wrong again. Dumbledore thought Tom Riddle had shown no hint of remorse. It was possible that he felt sorry for how he had behaved before and was resolved to turn over a fresh leaf. Dumbledore chose to give him that chance, which I, I suppose I understand. Um, it's just in Dumbledore's character to do that for somebody. Um, but also like, I kind of feel like what he witnessed at the orphanage was definitely worthy of warning the staff about. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. I think that it would have been in Hogwarts's best interest to have at least warned. Just be like, be on the lookout for odd behavior. I'm not saying judge him immediately, but just, you know, watch him carefully, which is what Dumbledore ends up doing. But like, it shouldn't have just been on Dumbledore's shoulders. Do you think I wonder the... if he talked to Dippet at all about it because Dippet was um, headmaster during this time, right? Yeah, I don't know how yeah. Much they shared with one another, though. Just you saying that though, Meg, made me think like if someone had come up to me and was like, "Hey, this kid like came from blah blah blah, and I saw these things that he did, and blah, like just keep an eye on him." I feel like, and it sucks, but like basic human thing is almost to be like. Well, maybe I'll treat him like somewhat special in some certain way without even meaning to. So maybe Dumbledore was worried about that. I want to just give him like common ground. Do I? But I think that I like what Aubrey said. Like uh, initially, I think that it makes sense to give him a second chance. But when you see that he shows no remorse for it, then maybe it would have been time to be like, yeah, I just want to mention this, you know? No. Yeah. You're I mean. It's tough because I think I do also agree that because he was doing some questionable things as well, like maybe it was, but it's hard. I don't know. That's hard. Well, let me put it into this perspective for you. If we want to bring this to like real life education, Um, kids do have permanent records that follow them. Um, Say, for example, if um, a child is, say, homeless, like you are made aware of that because that leads into the classroom sometimes. And one example of that is maybe the student hasn't been turning in their homework, let's say, or they Mm -hmm. didn't do a project um, at home. Well, there are underlying reasons that could be for that. So if the teacher is made aware of those things, then it's not necessarily treating a kid in a special way, but it's making the necessary accommodations for them. Right. Um, But, like, I get what you're saying. So it is hard to to toe that line in a correct and fair way. Um, But, like, also, like, if we want to talk about maybe special education, like, those things are made aware. And clearly he hurting children and having no remorse for them is a big old red flag. That's yeah. where I that's where I, yeah, I have think the big where, red flag. I'm yeah. like, I'm not talking about him stealing things from right. kids. I'm talking about the right. fact that like Mrs. Cole said he yeah. tormented kids at the orphanage. Like that yeah. is not okay. Yeah. That is yeah, real it's, harm. It's the actual physical, mental hurting of other children right. that yeah. should have been maybe discussed. And also maybe we should get this kid some help. <laughs> 
Like, I know I'm laughing. It's just because it's just so ridiculous. Like, if he's doing these things, like, I'm not saying don't let him come to the school or um, treat him any differently. But, like, get him some help. Why are we not getting people help? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that Dumbledore should tell everybody just for them to be like, oh, we need to, you know, punish this kid if he does X, Y or Z like immediately because he already has these red flags. I'm just saying like he Dumbledore already knows that he has caused actual harm to other children. Right. Like that's something that at least his head of house should have been told about because he's living in a dorm with other children. So yeah, to keep those children safe, his head of house should have at least been notified and definitely the headmaster. Well, and they're pretty much left alone in their dorms. Like what we see Correct. McGonagall in there, like what once? <laughs> right. During chamber. Is Maybe it like during, during chamber? Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, like, really the only yes. time the teachers care about anything is chamber because it's like, that's bad. Because they can also <laughs> die. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just Harry this time, you guys. <laughs> I guess I just I just question why I just question why like some people were not told. I'm not saying the entire staff needed to know, but like his head of house and the headmaster definitely should have been aware. And yeah, I mean, he didn't he was a goody two shoes for years at school, you know, so like clearly those warnings would have dropped off probably after a couple of months when he hasn't done anything. But like. It should have been. At least it, it would have been, been accounted discussed. for. Yeah. Yeah. All good points. Kind of forgot about. Uh, what? Kind of forgot about that part of Tom's childhood. I know we just like we just talked about it not too long ago, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emotionally abusing children. <sighs> Great. Um, let's see. So Harry thinks in his head that here again was Dumbledore's tendency uh, to trust people in spite of overwhelming evidence that they did not deserve it. And just like the way that this is worded in the book is like clearly Harry's mind thinking this currently because of Snape, of course, in my opinion, or and Malfoy, like this conversation that literally just happened. Harry's just thinking like, oh, here it is. Dumbledore's tendency to trust people, even though they don't deserve it. Like <laughs> Harry. Yeah. A little spiteful. Um, So Harry inquires, but you didn't really trust him, sir, did you? He told me, the riddle who came out of that diary said, Mm -hmm. Dumbledore never seemed to like me as much as the other teachers did. Shout out to Chamber. Yeah. Throwback. So Dumbledore explains that he did keep a close eye on him, and he also explains that Tom was very guarded with him after that first meeting. So he thinks that maybe Tom realized he'd told him too much. Uh, in his excitement of explaining who he is, he spilled the beans on too much stuff and he regretted it. So that's why he immediately comes to Hogwarts guarded against Dumbledore. Um, well, yeah, saying, I mean, he did. He he yeah. was like he felt like, oh, my gosh, somebody like Gets recognizes me. and already knows all this stuff. And then he like. What, yeah. is, what do they call it in Mean Girls? Word vomited. He word vomited to Dumbledore <laughs> in his in his little room. And then I guarantee you he immediately regretted it as yeah. soon as Dumbledore left. Because he's like, oh, man, all my secrets are like. Yeah, he's like, all oh, in that guy's head now. That guy didn't necessarily react the way that I wanted him to either. So like, 
he took a leap of faith in telling him X, Y, or Z, and then Dumbledore basically just scolded him. So Tom was like, oh, I shouldn't have said this, you know? Yeah. Um. So Dumbledore... What was that? Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said yeah. that. I shouldn't have said that. I should not have said that. <laughs> um. Dumbledore says he was... He being Riddle was careful never to reveal as much again. I think not even just to Dumbledore, but to anybody. Um, he had the sense to never try to charm him, meaning Dumbledore. Like Riddle never had the sense to try to charm Dumbledore as he charmed many of his colleagues. Ahem, Slughorn. Mm-hmm. Yes. This has nothing to do with anything at all. Okay. So I apologize for this interjection. Interject- but every time i hear the word charm i just think of charm your own cheese and it makes me want cheese <laughs> and want, it's cheese oh, i want cheese uh, see every single time and i want to know I how to charm my own cheese alana told me at school they had cheese and crackers for a snack and i was like oh, i could go for some cheese and crackers man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. today at work was throwback thursday for spirit week because that's what we're doing to boost morale at my job <laughs> Okay. And um, it was kind of cool, though, because we got Dunkaroos. So I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> you should have had some surge with it. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, man, I used to have a surge T-shirt that I got out of the vending machine what? at my dance studio. It was that. like a thing when surge first came out that they would, instead of a can of pop, put a rolled up T-shirt this in the size of a can of pop. And it would come Stop. out when you would buy a surge instead. And it was like Sick. our dance studio. It was like the thing. Everybody was like, I'm going to get Surge and see if I get a T-shirt until like all of us got T-shirts. Yeah. Dude, can you buy Surge anyway, on eBay? Or is that, did they come back with Surge? Actually, I feel like it, it was, did. We it comes found... in like tall boy cans. No, we found tall boys oh, yeah. of Surge. We found a Surge <laughs> at the Dollar Tree one time. Yes. Dollar Tree sells Surge. Every time I'm there, which is I think gas, often, some gas I'm like, I have to look. Yeah. Oh yeah, check your oh. gas stations. They always have. Oh, we, we have to go. stop. Oh. oh, we have to go after after this. We should go. Circle K. Oh dang! Has Mountain Dew, Purple Thunder, and I yeah, want to try it. Try it, Purple. Purple Megan, Thunder. Was it tie dye? Yeah, it was green tie dye. It was what? vintage nineteen ninety surge drink T shirt, <laughs> men's extra large, single stitch tie dye green. Twenty five dollars on eBay. It's got so the really. surge logo across it. <laughs> With the green tie dye, heck yeah, I had no, that. It's just, I was it's so like excited. Just on the on the on the oh, on the, the top. Like pocket okay. area. Hold on, I'll put it in the. I'll put it in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that gonna? I don't think that's gonna do the link. Nope, that just did the text. I'll figure it out. We're good. We're good. We're good. Keep going. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so we continue this little lesson on Tom Riddle. Dumbledore says, as he moved up the school, he gathered about him a group of dedicated friends. I call them that for want of a better term, although, as I have already indicated, Riddle undoubtedly felt no affection for any of them. This group had a kind of dark glamour within the castle. They were a motley collection, a mixture of the weak seeking protection, the ambitious seeking some shared glory and the thuggish gravitating toward a leader who could show them more refined forms of cruelty. In other words, they were the forerunners of the Death Eaters, and indeed some of them became the first Death Eaters after leaving Hogwarts. So we know that this group was called at Hogwarts the Knights of Walpurgis. Cool name, brah. 
Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Some of the original members. Walpurgis. Walburgers. Man, Walburgers is delicious. Um, (laughs) So some of the original members include Lestrange, who is potentially Bellatrix's uncle. Not, who is Theodore Knott's father. Avery, who is possibly the father to the Avery that we know of in these books. And Malsaber, again, possibly the father of the Malsaber we know in these books. Wait, um, Theodore Knott that's in, like, Harry's year? Yes. Holy moly. Okay. Uh, there's also, on the wiki, there is a page for, quote, Tom Riddle's gang. Um, and it says there was a group of fellow Slytherin students whom Tom Riddle had around him during his time at Hogwarts. Um, he claimed they were his friends and made it appear so in public. However, again, had no emotional attachment to them as he never once desired a friend and only manipulated them to do his deeds, which led to nasty incidents over the years, among them being them assisting him to open the Chamber of Secrets the first time. Um... Also, possibly Rosier was a part of it. Oh, possibility, which I'm assuming is again like a father to who we know. Yes. Mm. Uh, just Samantha brings up in the chat that Lestrange would be Beltrix's husband's uncle. Yes. Not hers. Correct. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uncle in law? Yeah, sorry. It did say, <laughs> sure. it did say in law. I just forgot but yes uh, awesome now a word from our sponsor better help tiffany here from swish and i want to talk about being a problem solver in my classroom i'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers in first grade that's one thing but in adult life it's a whole other it can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem solving mode maybe you don't even know where to start it's a challenge that we all face in life but when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Swish. Um, it does say on this page in the behind the scenes section, interestingly, this group shares many of the same surnames with those who are part of the gang of Slytherins that attended Hogwarts in the 70s, which would be like Harry's dad, mom and dad's time. Um, so this is likely not coincidental as those in the latter group may be the children of those in the former. It's unknown what happened to the members of the gang when Tom was abroad looking for followers. It's possible that they traveled with him or they may have simply kept in correspondence with him while remaining in England. Road trip. Road trip. Knights of Walpurgis crossing the country. It's Wahlburgers and you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So Dumbledore continues, rigidly controlled by Riddle, they were never detected in open wrongdoing, although their seven years at Hogwarts were marked by a number of nasty incidents to which they were never satisfactorily linked. 
the most serious of which was, of course, the opening of the Chamber of Secrets. Secret. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me today? Well, the opening of the Chamber of Secrets, which resulted in the death of a girl, a.k.a. Moaning Myrtle. As you know, Hagrid was wrongly accused of that crime. I have not been able to find many memories of Riddle at Hogwarts, said Dumbledore, placing his sick hand on the pensive. <laughs> Few who knew him then are prepared to talk about him. They are too terrified. What I know, I found out after he had left Hogwarts, after much painstaking effort, after tracing those few who could be tricked into speaking, after searching old records and questioning muggle and wizard witnesses alike. So I think that this is, again, another example of like, and we talked about it a little bit with the treatment of Mrs. Cole at the orphanage. Dumbledore goes to lengths to get answers. Because yeah. it's all about the end goal. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's about the greater good, good Megan. You mm-hmm. can say the it. The greater good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I have to say this before I forget. I think it was Mia and Jess. Yes, they said that we need to make sick hand merchandise. Oh God! <laughs> and I said maybe for Halloween, <laughs> sick hand in like a Metallica font. Sick hand with like just doing yes. like rock and roll symbols. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, it's oh oh. I have ideas. Oh oh. Type I'll draw type for you out. on a sticky yeah. note. That's Perfect. where I do my best work. <laughs> You need to get like shower safe sticky notes so you can Dude, write down your shower thoughts. Literally all my best thoughts are in the shower. I don't know why. Also, all my greatest mental fights with people are in the shower. Uh-huh. Yep. I win every single one 100% of the time. Just of course. Saying. Of course. All right. So Dumbledore continues on because this is the Dumbledore show today and he is doing a lot of talking. Um, He continues on to say that um, for those that he had been able to persuade to talk about Tom Riddle, told him that Riddle was obsessed with his parentage. This does make sense because he grew up in an orphanage. He wanted to know how he got there. He wanted to know where he came from. I think that's all pretty natural. Um, So apparently he searched for some trace. This is kind of sad and like almost makes me almost makes me feel bad for him. He searched for some trace of Tom Riddle Sr. Um, at school. So, like, in the trophy room, on lists of prefix and old school records. And then he even, like, went to lengths to search in, like, Wizarding History. Now, that kind of puts me off a little bit because, like, excuse me, sir, you think you're so high and mighty, you're just going to be in a Wizarding History book? Calm down, okay? He's better than everybody else. Take a seat. <laughs> um, But he was finally forced to accept that Tom Riddle Sr. had never set foot in Hogwarts. He's a muggle. Um, And Dumbledore thinks that's whenever he came to that realization, that's probably when he dropped the name forever and then assumed his identity as Lord Voldemort. Um, And that's when he started looking for his mother's family, who he despised previously. And Dumbledore reminds us, he says, quote, this is the woman whom you will remember he had thought could not be a witch if she had succumbed to the shameful human weakness of death. Mm hmm. So, little uh, little sexist here. Assuming that your dad's the one with all the power, 
whatever. Um, so all Voldemort had to go off of was the name Marvolo. He only knew that because of the people who ran the orphanage and that he knew that was his mother's father's name. That's literally the only clue he had. So he obviously did a bunch of research, discovered the existence of Slytherin's surviving line. And then the summer of the year he turned 16, which means he would have been 15 at this time because his birthday's in December, right? Thanks, Sarah. Yes. Um, he left the orphanage that summer. And Dumbledore says that he like reminds us that this is the orphanage he returned to annually. And he set off to find his gaunt relatives. Did he like not go back to the orphanage after that? I don't remember. I'm going to guess no, because it's kind of what he's making it sound like. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to guess no. Where would he have gone? Maybe with one of his. uh, Well, he finds Morphin. So like, could he have chilled at that house for the last summer? As long as he cleaned it up. Uh, I don't know. I I somehow don't see him being there. Did he have like a clubhouse? The Knights of Wahlburgers? At least one of their places, I would think. I mean, he's their leader. They would do anything for him. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, do, I, I, I don't <sighs> see him staying at the Gaunt Shack. I wonder. This is skipping ahead a little bit, but mm-hmm. eventually the end of this, he finds out where the riddles lived, I right. think, from this. So maybe he stayed there because he killed him, right? But they found their bodies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he left. So, mm. like, the next morning, the maid found them and then went running down the street screaming. That's right. So. That's right. All right. I don't know where he couch surfed, but I don't think it was the orphanage anymore. You don't think he went back there? I never really even thought about that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't see him. He loves the couch surfing life. I mean, that's basically what he do, does. I know for the he rest does that life. other times. So where's uh, Malfoy in all of this? Senior. Yeah. He is. Is How he? Old is he? Is he? He's there? he's he's like a, a little bit older than Snape. They were in school together, right? Mm-hmm. And Snape yeah, is so younger he, than them. So he wasn't even in school yet. I don't think interesting yeah that is really interesting so probably honestly let's go with let's go with the lestranges just okay. because it's you know in the family anyway later on or the rosier, rosier. Family. yeah i have a really hard time picturing him like in a sleeping bag in someone's house <laughs> he probably took the master bedroom yeah be you're right he manipulated his way you know you should <laughs> i should sleep there you know i should i am the leader yeah Anyway, so that summer he set off to find his gaunt relatives. And that's when it's time to dive into this other memory that Dumbledore has prepared. Um, Dumbledore tells Harry he's very he was very lucky to be able to collect this memory and that Harry would understand why once they had experienced it together. Um, so it takes Harry a little while to recognize where he is when he does enter the memory. So I'm just going to read from the book to set the scene a little bit. Uh, The Gaunt's house was now more indescribably filthy than anywhere Harry had ever seen. The ceiling was thick with cobwebs. The floor coated in grime, moldy and rotting food lay upon the table amidst a mass of crushed... Oh, I'm sorry. Mass of crusted pots. 
The only light came from a single guttering candle placed at the feet of a man with hair and beard so overgrown, Harry could see neither eyes nor mouth. He was slumped in an armchair by the fire, and Harry wondered for a moment whether he was dead. But then came, but then there came a loud knock on the door, and the man jerked awake, raising a wand in his right hand and a short knife in his left. This man is Morphin. I just have to say that his description makes me think of those weird... Not weird, they're kind of cute. Those little, like, gnome guys that you just see, like, a beard and eyebrows and just a little nose poking out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the door creaks open, and Harry sees the tall, pale, dark-haired, and handsome, the teenage Voldemort. Ow. Look out. It's kind of a shame, you know? I bet he was, like, a nice-looking man. Well, he wanted to be a snake, Katie. Don't hold people back from their dreams. All right. Never mind. <laughs> you do you, boo. <laughs> um, so Voldemort, I guess, or Riddle, kind of goes back and forth when this is described. Yeah. And the man in the armchair look at each other for a few seconds. And then Morphin, like, staggers. And there's a bunch of empty bottles at his feet clattering. So clearly he's been drinking. And he just bellows you and hurdles at Riddle with his wand and his knife. Um, but all Riddle says is stop. He doesn't yell it. He just says it. I'm, I assumed calm like he just says it as he would kind of like um, firmly. I feel like mm -hmm. that's how he speaks. He just like very is very commanding. confident. Yes. Yeah. Commanding. And he says it in parcel tongue. And that obviously makes Morphin just skid to a halt. Because I'm not a lot of people speak parcel tongue, and he probably hasn't heard anyone else speak it since his dad. I would probably. also assume Morphin has to know that that is like a sign of the, um, what am I trying to say? Like the Slytherin, the, the bloodline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. The heritage. Heritage. That's a sign of the heritage. Yeah, that's what I was looking the for. The the heritage <laughs> to Salazar Slytherin. <laughs> Um, so there's a long silence, and then Morphin just says, you speak it. And then this whole time they're speaking in Parseltongue. So Riddle says, yes. He moves more into the room. And Harry uh, describes feeling a little bit resentful for admiring just Voldemort's complete lack of fear. Like, he's not afraid of... It. He's just completely owning what he wants right now. Um, and his face just shows, like, disgust and a little bit of disappointment. Um, so Voldemort yep. asks where Marvolo is and Morphin tells him he's dead he died years ago um, I don't think he wanted to hear this obviously so Riddle frowns and he's like well who are you then and Morphin does reveal that he is Marvolo's son and he pushed his hair out of his face his little gnome face to see better <laughs> and Harry can see on his hand is Marvolo's black stone ring which then leads to the sick hand since that's the theme of this episode. Maybe that should be the title. I named it Knights of Wahlburgers, but it might have to be Sick Hand. Um, <laughs> Both of those are very good options. Yeah, sometimes I'll put two up there and let Bev pick which one she likes better. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, so to end off my section, I'm going to read from the book. Jess says that you should act it out in parcel tongue. Just hiss the whole thing. Just for the rest of the episode? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just hiss. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Whispered Morphin. Said Riddle sharply. <laughs> Said Morphin, and he spat unexpectedly upon the floor between them. 
Morphin looks slightly dazed and swayed a little, still clutching the edge of the table for support. <laughs> he added stupidly. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> he added stupidly. <laughs> oh, that well was good. Done. I don't that even need good. to read it. Well don't done. Don't read it. It's been read. <laughs> it's been Snakes read. Know. If you don't understand, go learn parcel tongue. Sucks to smoke. That gave me a Braxton Hicks contraction. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I read it though? Yeah, yeah non-parcel tongue speakers. For right. those people who don't speak parcel tongue, sure. I thought you was a muggle. No, I'm that sorry. Muggle. I thought you was that muggle. Whispered Morphin. You look mighty like that muggle. What muggle? Said Brittle sharply. That muggle what took my sister a fancy to. That muggle what lives in the big house over the way, said Morphin, and he spat unexpectedly upon the floor between them. You look right, you look right like him, Riddle. Well, hold on. You look right like him, Riddle. But he's older now, isn't he? He's older than you, now I think on it. Morphin looked slightly dazed and swayed a little, still clutching the edge of the table for support. He come back, see, he added stupidly, which then piques uh, Tom Riddle Jr.'s interest. He's like, say what? Junior. But that's where we're ending. Yeah. Yeah. Junior. Uh, yes, Molly Flynn in the chat. Parcel tongue was easier for me to read because I struggled really hard through that. Well, it's Morphin's a little Morphin's like Hagrid sometimes. Hard to difficult to, to read yeah. out loud. Yeah. yeah. It's like your brain wants to read it in how you would think it'd be spoken. Mm-hmm. But then it's not. Give All right. did a good job, though. Thanks. We only have a couple questions tonight. All right. Magic by Steph asks, if you were a portrait in Dumbledore's office, what would be in the portrait with you? I like that. Books. I saw someone in the chat say my cat, and I love that. Some AirPods so that I could listen to audiobooks, too. AirPods. Would AirPods work? <laughs> That's, ooh. Why not? Well, they won't work at Hogwarts. Well, I'm a portrait, not a real person. <laughs> Do whatever I want. Um, All right, I'd have a record player. (laughs) I would have a cozy chair and a blanket and some coffee and a stack of books. Self refilling coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Overindulge. I like that. Morgan asks, if you had to pick one memory of Voldemort's life to see, what would it be? Oh, God. That is tough. Uh, when he... When he uh, broke. When he tried to kill Harry. I want to see how he got out of Godric's Hollow. He flew on the winds. <laughs> He basically became a fart. (laughs) (laughs) Just a fart in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) But but honestly, how are we getting out of there? You know what I mean? I want to see what went down with uh, him and Bella. (laughs) Why? That (laughs) is not for this podcast. Just curious how it worked. Because like, you know... (laughs) Bella. Bella. <laughs> oh. 
Yo, bad. I want to see all the awkward moments when he had to live on the back of Curl's head. <laughs> That's what I want. That's amazing. <laughs> because did Quirrell when take he was his getting turban off when he was snowballs. at home? What did you say, May? Right. Did Quirrell take his turban off when he was at home? And like, what happened when he had to go potty? That's what I was just thinking of. Why did yeah. I start thinking of the bathroom? <laughs> imagine, imagine their fights. Like whenever they would have to go to bed, Voldemort would be like, "Lay on your, lay on your face. I want to be face up. Lay At on least lay side. on your side." He'd have like to like wake now. him up if he rolled over. Ah, screaming! Beggars can't be choosers, All right? So oh, get man. you leech. All right, you leech. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is. Uh, K-Star asks, would you accept what Dumbledore said to Harry about Severus if you were Harry? No. <laughs> yes. Mm. No, he would. Dumbledore's man through and through. Yep. I, I mean, even mad. Harry doesn't believe him. <laughs> well, I would be mad, but I would ultimately I would trust him. I'd be like this old man. <laughs> He played one. He played knick-knack. <laughs> I'd struggle. I'd try to trust him, but I'd struggle, man. You just question it and then fight with him in your head in the shower? Yeah. Okay. Also, come hey. up with all the right answers to say and never yeah. say them out loud. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Amy Lou Mary Sue said, oh, the coral bathroom situation. Maybe that's why he took off his nose. <laughs> okay the last one is from katie k rapid answers if you could only charm one cheese what cheese would it be colby jack brie no not colby jack colby just colby okay no havarti no you have to no that doesn't count i changed it i'm just changing my single answer no havarti no i do what i want when you change it it's not it's not rapid, not rapid fire. fire. Well, it's Havarti, whether you want to believe heart, it or not. Okay? Your heart told you Munster. Yeah. <laughs> Havarti. I just forgot about Havarti. It's my favorite. Mm. I love Brie. It's not a party without Havarti. Oh, Catherine. I don't think anybody got a bango. Oh, no. A bango. But Gryffindor won. Shut your face. What? Oh my god. Wow. That's been a minute. <laughs> Dang. Uh, okay. Way to go, Lions. Thanks. Very nice. Go, 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 Gryffindor. Gryffindor. go, go, Gryffindor. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Whatever. All right, give me the fan story, Kate. Sorry, our dog oh, also, congrats, Gryffindor. Sorry. Congratulations. Congratulations. However, <laughs> Wait a minute, is this the same person? What? That's sponsoring? Yes. Shut up. Nice. That was, that was kind of just a happy accident. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. That's was, like crazy. I was just looking through and I was like, huh, I'll grab this one. Nice. So, yes, our sponsor, Erica, is also our fan story person. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's all it. the way. What? I just said love it. Oh, this is all the way from July 2018. Wow. A different a different world. <laughs> a different time. <laughs> Erica says, Hi ladies. I wanted to share my Potter story with you. It's nothing too crazy, but to me, it makes me chuckle a little. I'm always down for a laugh. 
For my 11th birthday, I think it was my 11th, my aunt had gotten me the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban book. To be honest, I told her thanks and never gave the book a second thought. I wasn't into reading when I was a child, so it sat on a shelf for years. When the first Harry Potter movie came out into theaters, I remember our school taking a field trip to go see the movie. What? What? That's pretty sick. My mom took me out of school to go see the second movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's pretty cool. We had an aide that worked part-time at the theater and was able to ha- able to have us see it early on like a Wednesday for five bucks with all the pop and popcorn you could eat and drink. That's amazing. Oh, it's like my dream. It was okay, but I was young and didn't realize what this movie was all about. I didn't pay much attention because as previously stated, I wasn't that interested in it. As more and more, movie- more, and more movies came out, I would go with my friends and we would sit in the theaters and talk about the cast and such, but still I was not interested in the series. I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince had just come out. And I remember this guy was talking to a friend, a friend and I, and he was like, I want to talk about what happens, but I don't want to ruin it for her while looking directly at me. And I remember I said, oh, that's all right. I'm never going to read it anyway. (gasps) So even though I started reading the series, I knew what happened to Dumbledore. Oh, man. Even though the memory never crossed my mind until I read actually read the book. Well, that's good. Yeah, that is good. Flash forward to freshman year in college, I had started seeing this guy who really liked to read. I remember him and his friends were talking about how awesome the next movie was going to be, and I felt like a complete outsider because I had no clue what the heck they were talking about. After I realized that if I wanted to be included in the conversation, I better see what all the fuss is about. I marched over to my local library and got Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and starting with the second chapter, I was hooked. I read all the available books in a matter of two months and have never looked back. I credit the author for helping me realize how amazing reading can be. My whole life, even now, I have always been a movie person. I love the way that a movie can transport you to a brand new time and place, even for just a little bit of time. Reading Harry Potter has shown me that reading can transport you as well. It's not just something that needs to be done for school. Like everyone, I go through my rough patches and I always know that Hogwarts is waiting to welcome me back home when I need it to. Thanks for letting me share, always, Erica. But wait, uh, there's more. She gave us an October 2018 update and said, hi again. Hope everyone's doing well. I sent my Potter story a few months ago, but I didn't include my wand, house, etc. So here it is. Oh, check it out. I'm a proud Gryffindor. That's perfect. Nice. My Patronus is a Rottweiler. That's interesting. My wand is red oak, phoenix feather, 12 and a half inches, quite bendy flexibility. And my Ilvermorny house is Thunderbird. Thanks again, Erica. It's awesome. This, Erica, thank you. This is a first of its kind story because I've usually you hear like, yeah, I didn't read the book, but then I saw the movie and oh my god, I had to read the books. Yeah, but she saw yeah. the movie and was still just not really into it. Yeah, and I'm that's just by no means judgment. That's just like I've never heard that take before. Shout out to your college significant other. Yeah, for getting <laughs> into it. <laughs> and I also, I mean, I think it's. Super cool if you appreciate movies the same way that people appreciate books because it's true. It is transporting you somewhere else. It's yeah. the same concept, just a yeah. different medium. Yeah. I mean, that's what Star Wars did for so many people. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Those were definitely not books first. Um, also, I feel like we don't ever really hear a lot of positive things from schools back in the day when it came to Harry Potter. Yeah, I agree. Just because of the whole witchcraft thing, XYZ. 
that's still a thing, apparently. I'm not sure what's uh, going on with all of that. But, um, yeah, I just love hearing about schools and teachers that weren't held back from sharing awesome literature with, with children. And so it's cool that you guys got to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Erica, for your story. Tell me a joke. All right. I actually have one prepared. Where is your Hermione's? On my legs. On your Hermione leg. I was so close. (laughs) (laughs) So close. So close. It's green, Snacky. Are we going to go to 7-Eleven? I just can't stop thinking about that. It's not at 7-Eleven. Circle K. What are you going to do? Surge? To get, no, to get oh. Mountain Dew Purple Thunder. Phil, what is going on, dude? Phil, what you doing? God. Okay. Follow your host on social media. Myself and Katie are on Instagram at the Petrus family. And Tiffany is on Instagram at Tiff Swish underscore flick. Also, you just heard our dog, Fillmore. He's also on Instagram at Fillmore the Cockapoo. <laughs> That's his frustrated thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the phone with my dad and he was doing his little puppy zoomies. And um, he like growls when he does zoomies. He'll like have You're a toy in his zoomies. mouth. And he'll just growl as he like runs in circles. And my dad is like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> I was like, well, let's begin. He has a toy in his mouth. And every time he hits the ground, it's <laughs> <laughs> every time his little paws hit the ground. Oh, so man. Funny. Tiffany zoomies are destructive. Does he still get zoomies? Oh, in the backyard, Holy yeah, moly. and he tucks he tucks his tail in, yep. and then he tucks yeah. his butt under. That's what yeah. Phil does, they and like, I'm like, it doesn't even look like his back legs hit the ground. He's just like going so just fast. Glide. <laughs> Fozzie's jumping doing it. <laughs> he doesn't do them in the house because there's no room. <laughs> I was gonna say I can't even imagine. It'd be like when the cannon goes off and Mary Poppins, and they have to hold everything against the wall. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty. Much. Oh my gosh, Tiffany, uh, what is going on with you? Um, I'm still growing a human. Supposedly. It's human. Um, (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, So I put this on Instagram that it's not that I don't like listening to the Templars audiobook, which is about the Knights of Templar. Um, I just can't, like my brain at this moment in time can't handle new information in the form of like nonfiction. So I've just went back to my just old standby, which is Harry Potter, Jim Dale. So I'm listening to Half-Blood over again. Um, And then let's be honest, I'm probably just going to listen to Deathly Hallows again right after that because I have to. So twice in one year is not too bad. Plus, like, I just, it's just so comforting. It's, you know people with anxiety like to rewatch and reread and re-listen to things and that's just what I need at this moment in time. So I'm doing that. Um, getting the house ready for this new child. Um, getting towards the end of the school year. So I'm like 
I have lesson planned out for the rest of the year just in case anything happens and I have to like go early. I did all my podcast stuff early just in case anything happens. Um, so I guess I could probably tell you all today. I'll be taking a couple months off um, from podcasting starting in June. So you might hear me into June, but I will be stopping in the month of June as of recording. Um, just so I can put all my focus on this little baby, whoever they may be, and, you know, giving them that attention and stuff that they deserve, getting some last one-on-one outings with Lady Supreme, and, yeah, just kind of getting my, my headspace right for newborn life all over again. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what uh, I'm doing. I don't think, am I doing anything else that's like fun? (laughs) I don't think so. Oh, man. Still playing Breath of the Wild. Haven't played in a little bit, but it is what it is. I know. I thought the other day I haven't touched. Actually, we just played a video game last night, but before then I hadn't touched a video game in a while. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes it's like, you 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 either, I'm either like reading or I'm playing a video game or you know whatever so it is what it is but I'm that's pretty much it I'm good still working out nice you're pretty cool Tiff I know <laughs> uh I have been reading i did take a little break from throne of glass not because like i'm not enjoying it but i just like needed a fantasy break as per usual because that's just how my brain works with fantasy novels um so i have read the book love and olives which i really enjoyed i can't remember the name of the author i know it's like jenna oh wait actually i think it's jenna evans welch um but it's actually like a trilogy and this is technically book number three but like You can read them in any order. They're all like standalone books, but like the girls who are the main characters like know each other, if that makes sense. But there's not like a super lateral story. Does that make sense? Whatever. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's like a YA book, um, which I hadn't read a YA book in a while, so I didn't know if I was going to like it, but I did enjoy it a lot. And I am still reading Neon Gods. I'm actually really excited because my hold on the audiobook literally right before we recorded came available on the Libby app. So I'm totally going to actually start reading that now because... I just do better with audiobooks lately. Um, and I'm also in the middle of reading Emily Henry's new book, Book Lovers. And I'm really enjoying that one. And then I think after that, I'm going to tackle this tandem read. <laughs> so after I finish Book Lovers and I finish Neon Gods, I'm going to tackle the tandem read of Tower of Dawn and uh, Empire of Storms. Empire of nope. Storms. Nope. Yes. Nope. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Empire yeah. Strikes Back. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Also, we booked our flights to come to Cleveland in July. I'm super excited. And we also booked Phil more on the flight with us. And his little carrier came in today. And he was 
scared of it. So we're going to have to work on that. <laughs> not happy with it. Yeah. We'll just throw some treats in there. <laughs> he went in there, though. After a while. Oh, the rolly one. I got him two. So, like, I got him this rolly one for in the airport. And then I got him one for, like, actually on the plane underneath our feet. So. Nice. Yeah. Katie. Um, let's see. I actually just started therapy again for the first time today. Yay. Yeah, it's going to be a really good thing. Um, my stress management has been absolutely awful lately. So I am excited. I, I really liked her. I met her for the first time. It was it's virtual. Um, I really liked her. She specializes in stuff I personally struggle with, which is really cool. And I liked her suggestions so far. I mean, it's, it's just like a first basis thing, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to get to work. Um, but yeah, I just need to like get my head right with anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, but Chrissy visited last week and that was super fun. Mm-hmm. It was kind of it was kind of last minute. She was like, you know what? I want to come down. I'm it was pick a this little week. last minute, but it was fun. Yeah, and we were like, okay, and we had a really good time, and Phil really liked her. We went to Typhoon Lagoon. That was so fun. We hadn't done the slides at Typhoon Lagoon in years, and it was so much more fun than I remembered. Like, it was it was awesome. There was actually one that I had never gone on because it was new since the last time we had gone, and. Well, since the last time we had gone and done slides, it was super fun. It was like a family raft ride. Yeah, it was. Last, we were giggling like we were like five. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Last yeah. time I did a water slide, I got the worst wedgie of my life. Oh, yeah, that can happen. Yeah, I don't like, do the body slides because of that. I just do the ones where you're like sitting in an inner tube. It was, you guys, I can't even describe to you the pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if I don't have an inner tube or even, I don't even really do the mat ones, but if there's not something on your belly between my body and the slide, nah. Yeah. Why's your kid crying? I know. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I took my nap. I'm done. Let's go. Get me out of this playpen. It's been an hour and a half. (laughs) It's time. Oh, man. oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's about it. You're still training for dopey. I'm st- yeah, I'm still training. Well, I... You're gonna be doing that for a while. So. Yeah. I'm so annoyed that Run Disney still has not given the charities their contracts, so we cannot start fundraising yet for this. It's oh, very frustrating. Yeah. I like mapped out because they hadn't had the contracts when we signed up, right? And I they was like, didn't okay. have them when you signed up for Wine and Dine, which was months ago. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? By May, they should have them. So I like mapped out a fundraising plan yep. starting in May. And now we're halfway through May. And I only have so much time to fundraise. I want to fundraise because it's a really great organization. They deserve the money. So guys, but I need time. When this comes due, please help us out. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you can. You know, if the if the. No, this i'm saying this like we're gonna not, do some we're gonna try and come up with fun things yeah so by saying if the least you can do i don't mean it's like the least you can do but like just sharing the link yes is so helpful yeah. if yeah. you cannot actually donate and we yourself. will be blasting it everywhere as soon as we get it 
Because yeah. Katie has to fundraise for two races, two yeah. race weekends. Two full we, weekends. Yeah. So we've got a challenge ahead of us, but I feel like we can do it. We're going to we're going to try to come up with some fun things of like going to the parks and maybe like have people donate to like tell us what to do with our day or something. If you guys have any fun fundraising ideas, send them our way and we're going to try and map out some dates to do fundraising. Um, I want to see how many times you can ride pirates within a 10 hour period. Dude. Yeah. That would be awesome. If we just rode pirates all day. (laughs) Uh, I love that. I'd be nice and cool. It smells good in there. Yeah. Smell like fire and pool. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fun. Yeah. Like fun things like that. Like I know our, our one friend did a fundraiser where he would ride the Skyliner for the whole day. If he hit a goal. And he wrote it literally for 12 hours. Oh my I think gosh. it was like, if he raised me, if he raised twelve hundred dollars, he would ra- he would ride the Skyliner for 12 hours straight. <laughs> so like things like that, like come up with some fun things for us to do and we'll try and uh, we'll try and do them because we've got uh, lots of fundraising to do this year. So we basically want to put the fun in fundraiser. Okay? Yeah. Oh, and also if you want us to do fun things at the wizarding world even though it's a disney race it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. i like we will do whatever i know what you can do chug a butterbeer velocicoaster i haven't done it yet i know we still haven't ridden it (laughs) i'm nervous so yeah maybe if we hit like 500 dollars, we'll ride velocicoaster i want you to wear a gopro and i want you to ride velocicoaster yeah that helped me uh Anyway, yeah. we're going to need your guys' help, even if it's sharing the link. So please uh, be on the lookout. We'll post it everywhere as soon as we have it. But uh, we will appreciate even even some sharing. Sharing is caring. And it's Sharing's all for caring. American Cancer Society. So <sighs> yep, also yep, Dopey's yep. in January. Somebody asked when Dopey is. It's the it's the first weekend of January. Yeah. Wine and Dine is the first weekend in November. And Dopey is the first weekend in January. And Fillmore is done. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> oh my goodness. What is um, this for? Wall burgers. This is for sick hands holding wall burgers. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing. Just my voice. Swish and flip. Oh, I think I'm just gonna that's get right. The swish and flick. That's right. That's yeah. right. Gotta commemorate this pod. When I'm I decided my skin's all wrinkly and loose. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> pull it taut and be like, check this out. <laughs> Katie and I kind of, sort of decide. I'm saying I decided that I want oh. all of the Epcot symbols down my arm for all the Why lands. Not? Why not? I just freaking love Epcot. Yeah, I like claimed as my favorite park, and now I have to like. Branded on I just want a body. massive tattoo yeah. of Spaceship Earth on my back. Put it on your butt cheek. <laughs> Highly realistic. Yeah, oh your one God. butt cheek is it is Spaceship Earth. Like it's just, just like the pattern. <laughs> just do that. Yeah. And, and then, then like, on the other butt cheek, it could say, Welcome to Spaceship Earth. <laughs> no, you get figment on the other side. <laughs> Bye, Swishers.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.